Praise the Lord. Good morning. How are you? May we sit down. Yeah, indeed, it is a blessed morning, and I want to thank God for the opportunity He has given each one of us that we may sit in His presence and that He may bless us. As the prayer were go- uh, prayers were being offered, I was just being reminded of one thing that uh, as we come in the presence of God, what really matters is what you have purposed in your heart. Praise the Lord. Yes, you can, you can decide. Uh, that you want to sit there and forget about the person you, you, you drove to this church with. The person sitting next to you can become irrelevant for the moment you are here that you may encounter God in your life. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, Bartimaeus, while Jesus was walking, what mattered to him was that Jesus was passing by. He was not my, he, I mean, he was not worried about the other people around. Same to the woman with the issue of blood. She did not think about any other person. She knew this was a day she was going to encounter with Christ. And so she decided no matter what other things are going to be said around, no matter what activity is going to go on around me, one thing I have purpose in my heart, I want God, I want Jesus Christ, to minister to me today. Praise the Lord. So I just want to encourage each one of us as we, we sit in this place. Uh, don't be worried. Praise the Lord. Don't be worried. Worry is not of God. Praise the Lord. Uh, I want us to, to turn our Bibles to the book of Galatians. Every time the book of Galatians is mentioned, there's only one verse that usually rings in my mind. You all, I, I'm sure it affects all of you. All foolish, praise the Lord. All foolish, yeah, so in our mind, at the back of our mind, sometimes we think these people are so foolish. <laughs> but uh, I think we will move, we will move uh, beyond the foolish Galatians and see... <laughs> What the Bible has to say concerning us today. Praise the Lord. Uh, Galatians 6, 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And you heard in the prayer, the sower. Verse 8. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth, he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ this morning, we pray that you confirm your word, you minister to us, O oh God, in the way you are purposed on this very day. Father, let it be a memorial in our lives that on this 21st day, you spoke to us something that changed our destinies, Lord. Father, we thank you for every soul that is under this roof this morning. That, dear Lord, you shall visit us at our point of need tonight. God of glory, you shall speak to our lives, our situations, that they may change irreversibly, Lord. Father, we thank you and we glorify your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Those of you who are married and have got a baby, like uh, my dear friend, <laughs> there is an experience that uh, the first baby brought to me. He sobered, that kid sobered my mind. I realized what I had come into. When I was walking around looking for my wife, 
I talked all the sweet things I thought of to make sure that that lady came to stay with me. And God gave me the grace to speak good things to her. And also restrained my tongue not to speak things that will distract her mind. And so eventually she ended up being my wife. And for a short while we really had fun. And uh, after about 12 months, I realized we were not just going to continue gliding in the air that way. All along it had just been gliding and enjoying. Praise the Lord. She would prepare food and we eat and we laugh and we sleep. And that was it. But one night, after 12 months, I don't know why it always happens in the night. Praise the Lord. I was comfortably sleeping. And then I was, what's wrong? We must go. Praise the Lord. We must go. Where? We must go to the hospital. Praise the Lord. So I had to wake up quickly. In that confusion, I looked for transport. We went to the hospital. Things were happening so fast. And at the hospital, I realized actually I was becoming a father. And I was trying to organize to get the bearing of what things, how things were going to change in the house. Uh, God is faithful. Praise the Lord. God is faithful. Sisters, please plan during the day when people are sober. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Last week, Pastor Sean was saying something here, and I hope people are not going to join Pastor Sean on this one. <laughs> he said, after he had been sobered by the third one, these days he's just dodging, dodging. Praise the Lord. He doesn't want to have the similar experience again. But when God decides his blessing, you receive, please. Praise the Lord. Receive. What was being said last week is of great importance to us. Because there are people who have a vision, something that God is trying to do in their lives. For nine months, a woman carries the baby. But at the time of delivery, if the labor pains delay. Sisters, let me tell you something. This man looks so, so strong. But that's the moment that you can really see the, the shot. It's as if they are the ones who are going to deliver. If they are sitting, waiting for you in the world, you, you can see somebody praying and kicking around the air. Because... There is a moment of anticipation. Praise the Lord. There is some anxiety that is going on. And if it takes longer and longer, it can really hit hard on this man. Last week, something was said in the passing, I don't know whether we got it. That people carrying a dream, something in their lives, and they reach the point of delivery. But that's the point that now things start going wrong. Praise the Lord. They don't realize the dream. They don't receive that which they have been waiting upon. And they remain in that state for a very long time. I am a, a, a witness of what it means for a delayed labor. Somebody going through labor pains for a prolonged period. It is a disturbing issue. And I pray this morning that you who is expecting from God, you may realize that it is just a few seconds away from you for you to realize what you really need. Pastor was teaching us something about realizing your dream. And he mentioned something about confession, which we will discuss this morning. 
By God's grace, I pray that it may reach your heart. In the book of Galatians, we have read, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall reap. Implicitly, there is a seed that is supposed to be planted. You don't plant air. You don't go to the, the chamber with your bare hands and you start dropping nothing in the holes. There must be something you are dropping in the ground. And you expect that that thing will grow up into a fruit. It's the second aspect of the farmer himself. The person actually laying the seed in the ground. In verse 8, there is a veiled threat in the scripture. There is a veiled threat that is coming across. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. It's a caution. What are you planting? What are you putting in the ground? You do not expect something else. You have planted maize. And you keep promising people I'm going to get beans. I'll sell you three bags of beans. No, it will be maize that you are going to harvest. And so it's important for us to realize that. Number four, there is something here. Number three, there is something here. And let us not be wary of doing well. And let us not be wary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. There is an aspect of perseverance that is being hindered to in this place. That means the sower must be a patient person. He must wait patiently for him to realize the fruit of his labor. The other thing that has been hinted on is that you will have an opportunity also. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of God. My main message here, or the issue that I want us to, uh, to go away with from this particular verse, is that you are, there's a seed that is being sowed. And this seed, we do expect something to come out of it. And the seed must be good. It must give it must be the best quality. If you look at Matthew 13, 24, it talks of good seed. If you are going to plant, definitely as a sower, you chose the best. In 24 it says, And another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which soweth good seed in his field. Praise the Lord. It is always the desire of a farmer, a good farmer, to select wisely the seed that is going to plant. We have got an agricultural research institute in Kenya, and all they do is to try and come up with the best, with the best seed for every region. Because every region has got its own unique conditions. And so they do this. One year they produce somebody through corruption. People just mixed up things and painted funny seed. And they sold it out. The following year was, there was great famine in Kenya. Because the produce from the farm was poor. Why? Because the seed that was taken was not good. And I want to thank God because when Jesus was talking about the entire chapter, verse, chapter 13, he's been talking about a sower, a sower, a sower. And so I've just picked 24 
And as our prayers were going on, we, we looked at the, the, the issue of when men slept. Praise the Lord. Th- that means there was carelessness. A degree of carelessness. Like the one I've just cited. Somebody trying to corrupt the seed through carelessness. And the seed that we carry, we as Christians, we must carry it and we must be sure that it's the good seed. Praise the Lord. The moment carelessness sets in the seed, we will surely have a poor produce coming from our farms. While I was looking at verse 25, I was reminded of something in my early childhood. Ages 3 to 4. While men slept. You know, that's a time that you sleep and you don't know what is going on. You are not concerned with what is going on around you. So what happened, what used to happen at that time, and I'll be very best this hour, I would go to sleep, and I don't know why. Every time I would dream that I'm in the field playing with my friends, and it will reach a time that I feel like I want to relieve myself. In the dream. And sometimes I'll just see the nearest bush and hide behind it. And do my business there. The moment I was about to accomplish my mission, that's the time I would wake up. And guess what? I would find that the seed I had planted in my blanket was not good. Somebody laughed. We share with you that history. Carelessness can lead to poor harvest. Praise the Lord. It continued for a long time until I matured. I reached a point and somehow because of my age, it stopped. Now, dare you not go to my wife this morning and ask, when did it stop? (laughs) It stopped. That's the good news that it stopped. Praise the Lord. So there's a time in your life that that bad seed The seed that produces poor crop in your life must come to a stop. That seed that has been disturbing you, you lay down, you put seed, hoping for good crop. But because the seed was not good, you always end up having poor produce from your farm. It must come to a time when you mature and it must stop, praise the Lord, to give good fruit. Praise the Lord. But that is because men slept. We shall not sleep, but we shall have good seed and good produce. Praise the Lord. Another thing about the seed is in verse 13, verse uh, verse 31, not verse 13, chapter 13, verse 31. The seed is linked to a mustard seed in terms of size. It is small. It is too tiny. But the Bible says, Another parable put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs, and becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in, that, in the branches thereof. Praise the Lord. So another thing about the seed, it is good. Praise the Lord. We have planted it and we are careful. But there is something about the seed that we need to understand. Although in your hand it was small, although that seed was too tiny in your hands, it has got the potential to give a, to yield into a big crop. Praise the Lord. It all depends on how you plant it and how you take care of that seed in your life. So there is the potential of a seed growing into a big tree and a big crop and giving you big produce. Praise the Lord. Number four, the seed has got the ability to multiply. The seed has got the ability to multiply. Verse eight. But others fell 
into ground, into good ground, and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. So in essence, the seed can multiply. But why is it that some can give a hundredfold? And some give sixtyfold, and some give thirtyfold. It is the conditions that prevail around where they have been planted. Praise the Lord. You chose a good seed, you must look at the condition that you are providing for that seed in order to produce, to give you good produce. And so, you as a sower must, must take care of all the conditions surrounding whatever you are planting. Now, I'm talking to you Christians, and I believe each one of us realizes the life of a Christian in itself is a life of a sower. Everything that comes from within us is a seed to be planted. The words that we speak are seeds. Praise the Lord. That is why Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and life. Because he knew everything he spoke. He was planting the spirit in people. He was planting life in people. So the words that we speak this morning, I don't want us just to talk about general seed. Because in Galatians, there is the assumption that people are planting different seeds. That's why it says, whatsoever a man soweth. If you sow love, you expect love. If you sow jealousy, you expect jealousy. If you sow hatred, you expect hatred. If you sow peace into the lives of people, you expect peace in return. That is why we have problems with the many people. People cry of, I'm not loved. But they never ask themselves, what have I been planting in my life? Because you demand for love, but you don't plant that love. It cannot happen. You are a sower from the very beginning. The moment you said, Jesus Christ, I receive you in my life, you became a sower automatically. We shall begin to unveil this as we go through. I want us to concentrate on the seed, which is the word of our mouth. This particular seed, the word that comes out of our mouth. I want you to look at it as a seed that you are sowing. In Mark 11:23, whatsoever you shall say when you pray. For, for verily I say unto you, that whatsoever Whosoever shall say, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall, shall believe that those things which he saith. I want you to take note of that. Say, say, say. It's the things that come from your tongue. Praise the Lord. And shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Praise the Lord. So the words that you, you speak, whether in place of work, whether in your family, whether in the, in the church here, is a seed that you are sowing. It's a seed that you are sowing. Praise the Lord. And expect in turn a like seed to come forth in multiples of 160 and 30. Praise the Lord. The most important thing I want us to note from that verse is that things that have been said by our mouth is a seed that conceals life in itself. When they go forth and land on the ground, we do expect at the end of the day, they will germinate and grow up. It may be after so many years, but you will have to reap out of those words that you spoke. Praise the Lord. The words of our mouth can also the words of our mouth need not to be idle. Matthew twelve thirty six.
But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Now Jesus was saying every idle, that we, idle word that we speak. Then I was thinking about it. What about the serious words? The words that we purpose to speak. If we shall give an account of the word that came out of us in an idle way. When we were careless. Remember we said when men slept. It was an aspect of carelessness. We speak things without thinking about them. When men slept, the enemy came and planted tears. Now, if we are speaking things that are idle, things that do not edify the soul, things that do not edify the spirit of people listening to us, things that do not edify those that hear, we shall give an account of these things. And how do we do this? Through gossip. Through slander. And sometimes it takes a new dimension in the Christian circles. It's a way of, it's like we are concerned. It's not praying, we are concerned about this, but we are not doing anything about it. That's idleness. If you see something, the best thing is to pray about it. Discussing it and doing nothing about it is just idle talk. That's the thing that the Bible is warning us against. That this idle talk, we shall give an account of it. I would hate a time that I'm standing before the Lord and you said this about Brother Isaac. What did you do about it? I just talked. I just spoke. And it can slide into slander because you are saying, in most cases the human nature is such that we like talking about the negative aspects of people. It's rare that you find people discussing about the good things about others. All their interest is the negative aspects. But that's a seed that you are planting. You are destroying somebody. He may not be there. He may never hear, know that you saw, said anything about him. But that is something you are planting. Be not surprised when you hear that people are talking about you. Be not surprised when you hear that people are slandering your name. Because it's a seed that we have been planting. It must come forth back to us. But the caution of the words that we speak is that they ought not to be idle. Praise the Lord. They ought not to be idle because there will be an account for these words. And more so, the words that we purpose. When I walk from Bosha, I'm going to somebody's house. What do I say in that house? Is it about somebody else? If I've taken the the, a purpose to walk from my house to somebody's house and I end up slandering that's a deliberate act I must give a, I must face a severe punishment but we are not dwelling on to that John eleven forty three. it encourages me because Jesus never spoke anything carelessly in John eleven forty three, Jesus has just heard about Lazarus four days have passed Lazarus is in the grave and people are saying he's dead. And everybody's worried. Jesus walks by and he comes. And he was very careful. Jesus was smart. He never spoke his words in a careless way. He directed them to a given course. When he came there, these people were wondering. And the sisters came to him. Lord, had you been here? Our brother will not have died. He said, don't you know I am the resurrection? I'm the resurrection. He will rise. Yes, Lord, he will rise, but later. The day of judgment. But Jesus meant at that time. But what encourages me most is at the grave of Lazarus. Jesus did not look at the words he said. He said, Lazarus, come forth. While looking at this, I thought, suppose he said, come forth, Lazarus. What would have happened? The same words, but we have just reversed. That takes me to the class Pastor Leslie was teaching us some time back. There was a sentence that we were to put to punctuate. He didn't know the agony I was going through because those are the things that made me not like English. Putting punctuation marks in sentences 
You put here, it has a different meaning. You shift it to this, it has completely different meaning. So I, I also applied the same here. I said, suppose Jesus came and said, Come out, Lazarus. Have you ever thought about it? Because what would have happened, every dead person would have risen up first. At the first command. Come out. And everybody would have come out. Praise the Lord. So, by following it, saying Lazarus, it will be too late. Because everybody will be up. Praise the Lord. That is how it is. And that's why when he came, he said, Lazarus, first, I don't want anybody else, Lazarus, come out. And Lazarus came out. Praise the Lord. So that tells us Jesus was careful on everything that he said and how he said it. Because reversing, just getting the order wrong would have devastating effects. Because you don't know who was buried where you are standing. So if he says, come up and you see somebody coming up here, everybody will start running away. Proverbs 18.21 The words that we speak. Of course we cannot speak without our tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Praise the Lord. The life we want is the power of our tongue. That is why sometimes when you hear somebody saying, speak to your condition, it's actually telling you, speak life to yourself. Speak life in your situation. The choice of life and death is in this thing here, in the mouth. The thing that vibrates at varying frequencies. The tongue. Praise the Lord. If you speak life into a situation, the situation must give forth. Because it's a seed, it must give forth life. Because the words that you speak, in them, is concealed the power of life. Psalms 141, verse 3. Set watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. So our mouth is a door. Our mouth is a door. It can release, it can allow in. The modern doors are very bad. Because they always have a small hole. They call it what? Where people come to peep. Long time ago we didn't have doors. So you would confidently knock on somebody's door. And because they don't know who is outside, they will open. These days people in their houses, they don't put on shoes. So you can't hear when they are walking. So you can knock the door. Even 20 minutes, you don't know whether somebody has come to peep. And he has seen you and he has gone back. Or there is nobody. So that person can control who is coming into his house and who is going out. What the Bible is saying, let the door of our, our mouth. Praise the Lord. The, our mouth is a door. Okay? Set watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Keep the door of my lips. Brethren, it is guarding the words that come out of our mouth. People have missed to realize their, their prayers because of the mouth. The words that come out of us. We are praying, Father, I want this. Father, do this for me. Father, we want this. And outside, these things is just to try. The same mouth. You are claiming for something, and then you come to negate the whole thing. The whole prayer is just washed by the same mouth. You are talking negatively about the prayer that you have been having. In a way, you are cancelling what you have been trusting God for. That is the power of our mouth. The power of the words that come out of our mouth. In Psalms 34, 12. 
What, what man is he that desireth life and loveth many days, that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Praise the Lord. If you want many days, then I love many days. And I love good life. I don't know about you. So the Bible is telling me, Kenneth, because you love many days, because you love good things in life, speak good things concerning yourself. Speak good things concerning yourself. Concerning your life. And they will come to pass. But when you speak negative things in your life, you invite them. And just see, chapter 39 verse 1, see what happens. The reason why you have got to speak good things in your life. See why the Bible says you must speak good things. Verse 1. I said, I will take heed to my ways, that I see not with my tongue. I will keep my mouth with a bridle, while the wicked is before me. Who is the wicked before you? The devil is always just waiting. He has no authority over us. But what gives the devil authority over our situation is the words the words of our mouth. Praise the Lord. When we begin to speak negative things, He seizes opportunity on those words that we speak. He lays claim on those words. And He can stand before God and say, He has said, Kenneth has said this. God, God is restrained because of the words we have spoken. He cannot deny the devil his due. Sometimes people get so surprised because some people stand here and they say they are feeling pain and they say, pain, go! You are not part of me. And some people wonder, why is he saying like that? They don't want to speak negative things in their lives. Because if they speak those things, the devil will seize opportunity and that pain will be real. It will be magnified in their lives. Praise the Lord. That is why we have to declare Yes, you are feeling that pain. But if you start accepting him, oh, I'm feeling pain here. Yesterday it was a bit, now it is becoming serious. It, be, it graduates from one level to another until you will find yourself in bed. Because of the words that you spoke, the devil will lay claim on them. In the book of Luke chapter 1, God had a purpose in the life of Zechariah. Now, Zechariah and Elizabeth had been looking for a child. For a very long time. And these people were praying. Something happened during Christmas. We read this. Verse 13. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. And thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. If you continue reading those verses, the angel is excited. Gabriel is excited because the answer, a prayer has been answered. But Zacharias is looking at, at Gabriel like this. The same Zechariah who has been praying with a wife for a child. He's again wondering, is this man mad? If you look at uh, verse 18, and Zechariah Zachariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. Why did you start praying if you knew all this? He has been praying for a child, he knows he's old. He knows the wife is well stricken in years. But he's praying for a child. Now the answer has come. And he's asking, how will I know these things are going to happen? 
This is the labor that we are talking about. Praise the Lord. Many people reach this point. You are expecting, but you are fearful of the blessing again. I was listening to some message, and somebody gave a very good illustration. You are in fourth floor, and the house has caught fire. Okay? You are up there. The firemen come, and they come with something like a blanket, a very big one. They're telling you, jump. They want to save you. Jump. So you keep looking down, you look at the fire. You don't know whether to jump, because you are not sure that actually they are going to save your life. If they did not want to save you, would they have driven from the station up to where they are? Would the angel have come from heaven to come and talk to him if they were not going to, the, the heavens had not confirmed the child is coming? But the man is asking, how? I'm too old. She's well stricken in, ear, in years. The words of our mouth. But God had decided the calendar, his calendar was going to be running in accordance with his purpose. So God did something. I don't know whether it will happen to you. But this is what God said. The angel said, this man, if I allow him to continue like this, he will go telling people, there was an angel who told me I'm going to have a child. I don't know. So what, what the angel said? Hmm. This one, I'm not going to give him time to talk again. He did not allow him even to meet any other person. He, he shut the mouth. For nine months, the guy learned a new language. He, learned a, he was forced to learn a new language. Because God realized the words of his mouth were going to disqualify the blessing. And that was not going to happen because the calendar had started rolling. Praise the Lord. There must come a time in your life when these things must come to pass. The secret of silence must play its role in your life. Sometimes when these things begin to happen, you sense God is about to do something in your life. People will come talking negative things about, about the situation. Do you know, when, when, when we had this man, they called him Madoff. He made off with people's money. In the housing scheme in the U.S. When everybody was crying that they are losing their money. Somebody else was becoming rich in that situation. Do you know that? When the economy is doing badly, somebody else is becoming rich. There are people, when things are so bad, that's when they thrive. That's where the Christian must be. Praise the Lord. Because they refuse to speak negative things into their lives. They say, yes, the situation is negative all around me. But I am going to trust God. I am going to wait upon God until it comes to pass in my life. No negative word is going to come out of my life. We can't be praying. One of the most frustrating things is for somebody to come and say, stand with me on this issue. And you start praying. Only to realize this guy had a, a, a plan B. It's already going on. You have taken time fasting, praying over that issue. And the man is already doing his own things. And then he says, you know, brother, I just decided to do this and God blessed. But you know what he did is not right. Sometimes you just say, oh. And walk away quietly. Praise the Lord. The words that we speak. Are important. And if God caused this man to keep quiet in order to realize his dream, God's purpose in his life, is enough lesson for you and me. We must reach a point and accept that what we have spoken in faith, based on the word of God, shall come to pass in our lives. We must expect God to confirm his word because we spoke in accordance with his word. Praise the Lord. The words that we speak, God is not just going to honor them because we are spoken. They must be premised in the word of God. 
They must find their foundation in the word of God. And then they become powerful in the circumstances we are speaking to. We'll quickly go through some examples. Joshua 6.26 Joshua, having taken over Jericho, he spoke a curse over that city and said, whoever lays the foundation of this city must lose his first son. And whoever puts up the gate must lose his lastborn son. Praise the Lord. Those were the words that came out of the mouth of Joshua. In 1 Kings 16.34, there was a man, I don't know whether he had known that Joshua had spoken these things, but this man by the name Hiel, during the reign of King Ahab, he decided to come. And indeed, when he laid the foundation of Jericho, he lost his first son. Praise the Lord. Because some words had been spoken, and those words had life in them, they had to come to pass. When he laid the gates of the city, he lost his last born son. Praise the Lord. Words had been spoken, and they had to come to pass. I want us to tie Second Kings 7 with Matthew 12, 36. We had said that every idle word that we speak, we will give an account to, for it. And if you look at Second Kings chapter 7, verse 2. There was this man. Israel had been caught in a city. It had been besieged. The Ramians were surrounding the city. Nobody was coming out. Famine was ravaging everybody in the city. No food to eat. And then the man of God came and said, there's going to be food. The misery is going to end. And the man who used to sit with the king, on whose arm the king used to rest, because he knew no other power other than the king. The servant of God knew no king but God. So when he spoke, he knew he was speaking the word of God. And this man was speaking the word of the views of the king. He said, even if heaven, now listen to that word, even if heaven were to open its gates, will this thing come to happen? And the man of God said, you will see it with your own eyes, but you will not partake of it. Praise the Lord. And I thank God some people who had been thrown out of the city, lepers, people who are weak, feeble, they were kind of outcasts. They caught up this message. And they said something in the situation. Praise the Lord. It was bad. People were eating the, the heads of donkeys. And they were very expensive. Praise the Lord. Getting a cup of soup from the head, the skull of a donkey was just an, a, a delicacy. In those days. And this man said, we have been cast out of the city. Now, death is imminent. We are going to die. If we go back, we will die. So, they, why stay we here until we die? They said something in their circumstance. Why stay we here until we die? You must reach a point you decide in your life. Why do I continue experiencing this? I must change. Some people, it's just a simple statement from your mouth that is tying you away from your miracle. Praise the Lord. You just need to speak in your mouth that I want to get this. And God will act on that word. These people were just 24 hours from their miracle. 24 hours. The lepers. The whole of Israel was 24 hours away from their miracle. From Kings. Second Kings chapter 7. Then one of them said, no. Let us go to the camp of the Assyrians. If they spare us, we will leave. If they kill us, it is just another style of death we have chosen. You can die of hunger or die by the sword. There is nothing, people, you know generals in the army say, I want to die honorably. They want to be 
fire. Uh, squad? Firing squad. They don't want to die like weak people. So sometimes I ask myself, whether you die a road accident or you are shot, does it make any difference? There's no honor in death. You are dead, you are dead. So this guy said we will die honorably, fighting for survival. Praise the Lord. Declaring in our lives that we want a difference in our lives. They, they were tired of staying in the same place. They walked. And when they went there, God acted on their faith. Every step they were making, it was being magnified. The Arameans heard the noise. They didn't know how scared these people were. That's the good thing about God. When you are facing your situation, the devil, he never allows the devil to see how weak you are inside. Praise the Lord. He will never open the curtain for the devil to know how shaken you are. But if you take the step of faith and walk and move, God magnifies it. God magnifies the, 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 the terror in the, in, in the enemy camp. And those men started running. They ran like as if they were, I mean, they, they thought there were so, uh, so many soldiers coming to attack them. They left everything. These guys went there. Sometimes I try to imagine a man suffering from leprosy. They tried the boots. Of course, the leg, you know how it looks like now at that point. They put on the, 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 the boots, the uniform, and everything. It was good. They went and hid some. They hid some. They, ah, it is not good that we do this alone when our, our brothers are suffering. This morning, somebody is going to say the same in his life. He's going to invite other people who have never experienced what he's going to experience in his life. Praise the Lord. Last week we were reminded that we cannot just realize our dream because of one small thing. We have done all that is necessary. We have reached a point that we are about to realize our dream. But somehow it is being delayed. We are praying this morning that we shall speak in that situation in our lives. And God will come to answer our prayers speedily. Praise the Lord. Our solutions, our solutions, our miseries will end. Because we have spoken something based on the word of faith in our circumstances. I don't know what you are experiencing in your life, but I know God wants to do something in your life. If you are not born again, I know you can speak the word of, of faith in your life. Lord Jesus, save me. I am a sinner. And he will come and cleanse you. Praise the Lord. Let us stand up and pray. Father, we thank you this afternoon. We give you glory and honor. Father, we pray that the words of our mouth shall have power, O God, to transform our destinies, O God. These words that we speak in our circumstances will transform everything in our lives. We shall no longer be slaves to our situations, God. Father, we thank you and we bless your holy name. Father, we glorify you because you are God. Father, we thank you because you hear our prayer this morning. There is somebody in our midst, God, who has been trusting you for something in his life. And God has reached a point of realizing the fruit. But the enemy is creating fear in their lives. Father, we come against that spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. We banish it out of the life of that person in the name of Jesus. Father, we claim for our blessing. We claim for a miracle in that life, O oh Lord. The sick who have been, who are about to give up in their lives. Father, we claim for the divine healing, O oh God. Because you are doing it in their lives, O oh Lord. Father, we thank you and we bless you. Because you are our God and our King. We give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Has God ministered to you today? Question to ask. What dream is God birthing in you today? What dream have you got that you have kept suppressed? That you have not voiced out? But God says, speak it out. Because as you speak it out, it shall be birthed. Your dream which you have hidden, which you have kept suppressed, God says, today is the day. Do not be afraid. The time of waiting is over. The time of delivery has come. What seeds have you been planting recently? 
you and I are called to plant seeds. Have they been good seeds or have they been bad seeds? Think about it. You have been talking to friends, you have been talking to neighbors, you have been talking to every person around you. You have been using words. Words are powerful weapons. But what seed are you planting? In Proverbs 15, verse 1 and 2, it says this, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. What are the words that you and I have been using? How has our speech been recently? Do our words glorify God? Or do our words doubt God? Ask yourself that question. Speak to God right now. Tell Him. What are the words that you have been using? Have they been words that would glorify Him? Or have they been words that have put doubt? Have you doubted the promise week after week that we read on the screen, that's been read out from this pulpit. God's words, words of power, words to change your life, words to take you out from the depths of despair, to place you on pedestals of success. Those are God's words of promise. Do they glorify God? Or have you doubted it? Speak to God right now. Ask Him to give you a heart of good thoughts, a mouth of good words, a life of good actions. Brothers, sisters, just talk to God. Father God, we want to thank and praise you, Lord Father. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord Father, because you have told us once again, Lord Father, that there is power in the word, Lord Father. Words that we use, Lord Father. Father God, we wait to receive week after week. The powerful words that you give us, Lord Father, so that we may activate it in our life, Lord Father. But what are the words we use, Lord Father? What are the things we say? Are they words of negativity, Lord? Or are they positive words of encouragement? Do they bring life to someone, Lord? Or do they bring death to someone? Father God, when we have used wrong words, I pray, Lord, that you will forgive us, Lord. I pray, Lord, that Negative words will not be part of our lexicon, Lord Father. Father God, I pray, Lord, that we will have good thoughts in our hearts, Lord. And out of those good thoughts in our hearts will come good words, Lord Father. Words that bring life. Words that bring meaning. Words that bring encouragement to every person, Lord. Father God, we thank you, Lord Father, for speaking to us today. We thank you, Lord Father, for teaching us. That in the words of our mouth, there is life, there is power. We thank and we praise you, Lord Father. Father God, we want to thank you for your servant whom you have used this day, Lord Father. We pray, Lord, that you will continue to minister to him and through him to us, Lord Father. For more anointing will be poured upon him, Lord Father. That even as you use him, we shall be blessed, Lord Father. We pray, Lord, that your presence will be with him and his family, Lord Father. Bless him the more, Lord Father. And Father God, we commit him very specially into your hands. We thank you for every one of us who's gathered here today, Lord. And I pray, Lord Father God, that even as we step out of here, Lord Father, these words which we have heard, which you have given us this day, Lord Father, will not be forgotten words, Lord Father. But they will be words that we shall remember. They shall be words that we shall act upon, Lord Father. They shall be words which bring positive inputs into our life, Lord Father. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. We give all praise and glory to you, Lord Father. Be with us during the rest of the week, Lord Father. And we pray, Lord Father God, that we shall walk in the way that you have set for us. We give all praise, honor, and glory to you, Lord Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you as you move out. Greet each other with words of encouragement.